The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. And now, here's your host of Lead Tennessee Radio, Lavoie Knowles. Hello, I'm LaVoy Knowles, the Executive Director of the Tennessee Broadband Association. Today we have two guests with us from the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development, or ECD as we refer to them. We have Sammy Arnold, uh, who is the Assistant Commissioner of Community and Rural Development, and also Crystal Ivey, the State Broadband Director. Well, thank you both very much for being here today. Absolutely, happy to be here. Great to be with you, LaVoy. Thanks for the invitation. We're recording this interview today is the, the day after this uh, Governor Bill Lee's State of the State address. And what a what a fantastic uh, address it was in several instances, but zeroing on our concern was broadband expansion. And um, I'd like to dive into some of those uh, discussion points, but to tell our li- listeners a little bit about the two of you before we get started. Uh, Sammy oversees the department's efforts to boost investment and development in Tennessee's rural communities, with a particular emphasis on the distressed and at-risk communities. And Crystal is responsible for overseeing the implementation of the governor's broadband strategy, including awarding over $100 million in infrastructure and digital literacy grants uh, today. It's been my pleasure to work with both Sammy and Crystal for a number of years, and I can say they're both doing an outstanding job for our state and all the consumers of Tennessee. So again, thank you both. We have to start out, I think, today with uh, with kind of a recap or a little summary of the State of the State Address. All I can say is, wow, uh, Governor Lee has announced that he's allocating in his budget $200 million for broadband, rural broadband expansion. And so tell us, guys, what, what's your reaction? What's what's your first thoughts? Yeah, um, well, it's it's a uh, agree. Um, wow, and um, that that's uh, Lavoy. I know you reached out to us about possibly uh, joining joining for this a, a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, there may be something cooking uh, in the in the governor's budget, so maybe let's put this off till after state of the state. <laughs> figure we, we we hopefully might have something to talk about here, which which obviously we do, and. Um, just um, for for anybody that maybe didn't catch uh, the the governor's um, speech last night, which was just excellent, um, top to bottom. The, the governor, from a broadband perspective, announced a one-time investment of two hundred million dollars for our uh, Tennessee broadband accessibility uh, fund that um, that Crystal oversees, and um, with the the hope that we're going to make uh, significant progress and, and hopefully be able to finish. Um, building out broadband to virtually all parts of the state by the time the governor leaves leaves office and a lot, lots of reaction. Lavoie just just proud of first of all proud of Governor Lee and um, proud to be a part of his uh, his team his extended team and um, I was watching the, the the speech last night and and following along on Twitter um, as well and I think it's worth mentioning Senator Watson raised a really good point about how our, how our um, state's conservative budgeting when the pandemic hit allowed us to be in this position today where we, we came through the pandemic in, in, in pretty good fiscal shape. And we're in a position to be able to play some offense now um, without raising taxes uh, or taking on new debt or dipping into our reserves. Those uh, those budget cuts that the state had to make this time last year uh, were painful. 
but but you know you you, pre- you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best and um other states didn't do that but we did and uh thanks to that conservative approach we're we're in the position that we're in and you, you may have seen commissioner Ely um uh, in senate finance this morning um talking about how tennessee's the number one most fiscally stable state in the country and that has enormous benefits for economic development and, and our corp- our corporate recruitment efforts and, uh, and and just allows us to support rural communities the way that the governor has proposed here. And I think, um, you know, philosophically, just on the on the on the broadband front, just obviously it's it's hard to express my respect and admiration for for the governor. And he uh, he quoted Ron Ramsey, that famous Ron Ramsey line last night that it matters who governs. Uh, which is just so so true, um, and but we have a rural governor um, who who understands rural America and rural Tennessee, and he just he really knows who he is and, and what he believes, and I, I just really respect his decisiveness on on this issue and his stance that you know we're not messing around anymore. It's time it's time to get this fixed and level this playing field once and for all. And so we we've got communities being left behind, um, we've got kids being left behind, and I hope this. Um, Announcement: This proposal last night really sends a clear message across the state that our our rural residents are not second class citizens, not in Tennessee. Um, they deserve the same access to the same educational opportunities and, and economic opportunities that that urban and suburban citizens have. So um, we uh, we're excited. We've got our work cut out for us uh, here at Lavoie for sure, but 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 uh, but we're excited. Well, just a couple of points I'd like to bring out. Um, it, this is uh, an exciting time for Tennessee, and uh, I think it points out several things. And number one, it points out that Governor Lee is in team with, with our rural communities and the needs of it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that he is a, a rural governor, and, and uh, he's done well for rural Tennessee. And uh, this is going to be a huge shot in the arm to bring broadband to unserved areas. So he recognizes the need, number one, but he also recognizes the uh, uh, how the program has been very successful. And so my hats off are t- to you guys and all the other folks before you that has worked real hard on making this program successful, because if you hadn't been successful, you wouldn't have got the allocation uh, of this size particularly uh, to move it the state forward. And I would say also I'm, I'm active on a on a national group that it's it's folks like me all across the state, executive directors that um, hold this position in, in uh, states all across the country. And Tennessee is all, is, up until this point, uh, because of the Broadband Accessibility Act, um, has been a leader in the nation. And I've helped other states, or at least directed other states, and informed them what we did to, um, to move the state forward and the governor. And this is going to be a total outstanding point for Tennessee. I mean, I think Tennessee is going to be at the forefront of the national news again as far as the industry is concerned. And, uh, again, my hat's off uh, to the governor and and to both of you for making this thing happen. Well, I I was just going to turn that back around on the boy and give the credit to the providers like the TBA members. I mean, you know, the, of course, we had a very forward-thinking legislature that passed the Tennessee Broadband Accessibility Act in 2017, and, and it has been a successful program so far, but a large part of that success is due to the providers who were awarded the grants and, and really stepped up to be a solution in rural communities. It's, it's a lot of work, and, and you know, those are the folks with their boots on the ground really out there doing this work and connecting these unserved households. And, um, you know, I think even with the governor, you know, when he elected to use a portion of Tennessee's coronavirus relief fund 
for broadband projects last summer. Um, you know, that was just another testament to the work that you guys have done that we could even approach providers and say, hey, well, you know, we have a short timeline on some of this funding and and do you think you guys can uh, can complete some projects uh, with a quick turnaround and and the TBA members and others just really stepped up. And and so I think, um, you know, the fact that we have some just top notch world class providers in Tennessee is, um, you know, really has helped make this happen. Thank you for those comments, and I, I think we can both say it's been a good partnership. I think all the players, all the stakeholders have have uh, done what has needed to be done to to improve the service in Tennessee uh, as far as getting broadband expansion. Give our listeners a little bit of uh, an idea about the current picture of broadband in Tennessee. How are we, how are we progressing, and what what progress have we made over the last three or four years? I know uh, either Crystal or either one, Sammy, you want to kind of give us a snapshot of where we were and then kind of where we are now? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, You know, as I mentioned, we did pass the Tennessee Broadband Accessibility Act a few years ago. And so we're three or four years into uh, that strategy of uh, awarding uh, grants to broadband providers to really kind of help them offset the cost of getting out to uh, those rural areas, those areas with a, a lower population density or just that are more expensive to serve. And, and like I said, the providers have really stepped up you know, up to this point, we've awarded 45 million state dollars in grants uh, since 2018, and then we have another 15 million that'll be awarded this spring. And so, with all of that funding combined, we've awarded grants, or will have, with this additional 15 million, uh, getting close to about 80,000 Tennesseans. Um, but it's not just the state level investment. You know, there's there's federal investment as well. Um, and providers are, especially in Tennessee, I'm just so, so impressed with their ability to seek mul- multiple funding sources. We had a really good example of a provider, a TBA provider, uh, DTC, DeKalb Telephone Co-op, um, who uh, received a grant from USDA uh, for an area kind of up in Smith and Trialsdale County. And then we were able to come in with uh, a CARES Act grant and kind of an award in adjacent area there. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that's a, a testament, again, to uh, your providers who are really trying to step up and seek as many funding sources as possible uh, to serve rural areas. But, you know, we, we've been able to make significant progress since 2018. But, I, you know, I think with the governor's announcement last night and his proposal of $200 million, I think, you know, it's really just a testament that, that he's committed and focused on this issue and he's willing to take bold steps from the state standpoint to help providers like those uh, in the TBA to solve this challenge. You know, I, I think, um, you know, prior to March 2020, we often received calls from concerned constituents looking for support and determining you know, who their closest provider was or how they can get broadband. But since March, those calls have increased significantly, um, you know, particularly as many of us are working from home and learning from home and and so while, you know, we have been working on this issue for a few years now, I think the pandemic has just elevated the conversation and it's, it's really highlighted that you know, this is not just about broadband providing entertainment, which is certainly important, but it's also a source of livelihood for, for families working from home or, or for students who are in the classroom so that they can interact and learn from their teachers. So I think, um, you know, certainly Tennessee has, has been working on this issue for a few years now, but the pandemic has, has elevated it to a, a whole new level. Well, I think everyone agrees to that because uh, we've all got a, a, a heard the kind of worn the term out, a new normal. 
and uh, but I, I think uh, uh, it's it's also allowed lots of employers to rethink: Do they really need to have bring uh, folks back into offices or not? So I, I think this is going to change the environment that uh, have we been working in the past in the future. Uh, so I think it's going to make some make some major changes long term, not just during the pandemic. So. Uh, you got to have broadband to work from home. There's no way you can um, uh, right. be connected at high-speed broadband for sure. We we got additional funding now, so um, and we have a lot of um, eager uh, providers to to uh, apply for the funds. So, what are some of the barriers you still see either either one of you that in getting every Tennessean connected? What do we lack? What do we need to do? Or what other barriers do you see that we need to address? Well, boy, you know, I think I hate to just um, give the what seems like an obvious answer, but I, I really think cost is is largely the the thing that we hear from providers, yeah. uh, you know, most often is is that they have a willingness to do this, they want to do this, but it's it's just an incredibly expensive uh, project and venture, and so any funding that we can award on the state level or, of course, the federal level, as I mentioned, um, you know, some federal agencies have really stepped up on this issue as well. Um, you know, I think that that it really is just uh, it's just math, you know, for for providers, they have areas that they'd love to go, but they need a little bit of additional assistance to be able to make the business case work. And and so, you know, with this additional funding and and the amount, you know, the impressive amount that it is, I think that we'll have several providers just because they've demonstrated this in the last few years of the program. We'll have several providers that. Um, like you said, are very excited and want to step up and, and want to be a part of the solution and, and want a, a part of that $200 million to try to get out further in, into some of these rural areas. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, it, it's an amount that we're, we're really looking to try to, uh, you know, finish the job and, and get as many communities served across the state as we can. And, and I also mentioned, too, that, um, you know, it, pending, uh, of course, budget appropriation, with this additional funding, of course, we are, will significantly expand the grant program. But then I think it's also important to mention that you know, we plan to expand and, and address other issues so that this is more of a holistic approach to the broadband challenges that we have. You know, that includes additional digital inclusion programming, uh, community outreach, stakeholder input. I mean, that one in particular is very important. It'll be critical to work with TVA's members who, um, you know, are really the ones out there doing this work to seek your feedback and ideas on recommended solutions moving forward to solving this issue. Great comments. I appreciate those um, that, that answered that question because it is, money is usually the answer to uh, the problem, with most most issues that we face. And, uh, uh, you know, we, this is one thing that uh, the governor said, okay, I'm going to fund it. Now, it's up to up to you guys, to uh, you and providers, uh, to make this thing happen. Sammy, from an economic development perspective, why is it so important, in your in your view, to extend broadband to all parts of the state? Yeah, um, g- great question. I, I don't know how long your program is, uh, Crystal, and I can talk about this for a long time, but uh, I'll uh, <laughs> keep it succinct. Um, rural... So, yeah, uh, rural challenges, first of all, are complicated um, in, in multifaceted. Um, but but I, I do think we can we can overcomplicate it sometimes. For, first and foremost, communities need to be great places to live, um, because if a community is a great place to live, then, then guess what? People are going to want to live there. 
and work there and play there and raise their family there. Um, and, and when you have that, great things are going to happen in that community. You won't be able to stop great things from happening. And, and businesses and jobs and opportunities are going to spring forth from that very organically. And, and I'll add from the community development side, our rural communities need to be great places to live, particularly for young people and, and young adults who really are, are drivers of economic activity and entrepreneurship and job creation. And I say this often, but if you've got a, you know, if you've got a kid who's getting ready to graduate college and he's 22 and he would like to move back home after he graduates to be close to his mom or his girlfriend or whatever, and they don't have good broadband access in that community, guess what? Uh, he's not going. It's a it's a non-starter. He's gonna he's gonna move somewhere else and and create economic impact there. And his his hometown is gonna continue to die slowly. Um, and it's that's just not right. And it's uh it's time to get that fixed. And then on the flip side, you know, at ECD we're we're best known obviously for recruiting companies to the state um, at our department. And and most of the time that occurs through competitive site selection projects. And, and we have done our level best as a department, particularly under Governor Lee's leadership, to really help our rural communities position themselves to be able to land their fair share of these recruitment projects. But it's a, it's a known fact that, that communities without broadband access get passed over uh, before they even know the project existed. Um, and these communities will often ask us, how, you know, how come we never get a serious look from a company? Um, but if there's if there's no broadband access in that community, um, the game's the game's over before it starts because broadband access is part of the table stakes. You know, it, it's like it's part of the cover charge to even get in the door uh, for consideration on, on these projects. And so, no broadband access is just a huge red flag that that's not going to be overcome. Um, and those are you know the, we talk about those things so much because I'm an ECD guy and, and economic development is kind of what I know, but. But that really is <clears throat> truly just the tip of the iceberg. Um, Commissioner Hatcher, I know, is a big broadband proponent and can can attest to the huge impact that broadband access has on agriculture. Um, it, you know, every time I try to talk about precision agriculture, I botch it. So I'm, I'm just going to simply summarize by stating <laughs> the fact that, that farmer, farmers without broadband access are are at a significant competitive disadvantage with farmers who do have access. Um, and precision, precision agriculture allows farmers to be more efficient with their time and more cost effective with their resources. And, and the thought of our Tennessee farmers being at a competitive disadvantage with farmers from other states is, is unacceptable and we sh- and should be unacceptable to all of us. It, and it's just not acceptable in Tennessee. You know, agriculture is the largest industry in our state and um, we respect and we revere our farmers here. And so this investment is also an investment in our farmers. Um, and then Crystal, of course, mentioned the educational standpoint. The, the, the same way unserved farmers are at a competitive disadvantage, um, rural children in unconnected homes are at a competitive disadvantage compared to their friends who live in town in a wealthier zip code. Um, and I know that's just not really the kind of state that any of us want to live in. Um, and so so many things. But boy, and this is not even to mention the healthcare side, which is so complicated and above my pay grade that I, I won't even talk about it. But what, I know that obviously whatever the solution is to the rural healthcare problem, certainly telemedicine is going to be a big part of it but because a hospital in every county is, is probably not a realistic solution. So um, when, when we say this is truly an all-encompassing um, issue for our citizens, it, it, it truly is. This truly does 
touch just nearly every single aspect of, of life in 2021. So those are, uh, those are some of the reasons this is such a big deal. Yeah, great comments, Sammy. We appreciate those very much and wholeheartedly agree with you on, 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 on the comments for sure. Uh, Chris, will turn it to your side of the uh, activity. Uh, could you give us a few success stories about how broadband's uh, accessibility has made it possible to provide areas of broadband that would never have gotten it otherwise? I know that most of the areas probably could fit that category, uh, but there's a, is there a one or two that kind of stick out in your mind that, that without – uh, the broadband accessibility grant program, it just would never happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mentioned a little bit ago that, um, you know, after this spring, we will award a grant to serve uh, a little over 80,000 Tennesseans. And so I think you're right that just about every one of those Tennesseans, it would have been difficult to make the uh, the business case work for a provider to serve those areas without a grant. But, um, you know, TBA providers have really stepped up and and, you know, there, there's a couple in mind in particular. Uh, I know you guys tweeted about it a couple of days ago about SkyBest up in uh, Johnson County with their uh, CARES Act broadband grant uh, that we awarded a few months ago. Um, they had to use a helicopter uh, in the middle of the Cherokee National Forest to get through um, some very rough terrain. And, and you know, while we're, we're very lucky to live in a, a beautiful state, um, sometimes, uh, you know, the, the terrain can present a challenge and additional cost for broadband providers. So, you know, I think that one was a perfect example of, of an area that, uh, you know, without grant funding and, and without the commitment of the provider, it would have been just really difficult to serve that area. And, you know, and then you have other providers who are, are looking at unique solutions to this challenge, you know, Ben Lomond Telephone Cooperative, uh, Ben Lomond Communications is another provider that comes to mind uh, who approached us and said, you know, we have some areas where uh, service is available. You know, there's fiber in the area, but there are some households that just not yet have been able to afford to take the service. And they partnered in Warren County with the school system there and, and were able to help, um, you know, connect service drops to households there in Warren County for students who, uh, you know, we're, we're learning from home and, and needed broadband access. Um, you know, another good example of one is, is Bledsoe Telephone Cooperative. Sammy and I had an opportunity to go up there, uh, in, in Bledsoe County, kind of right on the edge of Ray County, a very, very remote yeah. part of the state. Um, I know Sammy, I think commented that it may have been, um, one of the remote, remote places he's ever been to in the state. And, and as For you're sure. driving through there, um, you know, it was just clear that, uh, you know, that area without some additional um, investment and a partnership, uh, you know, between the state and a provider, it would have been really difficult for an area like that to to have service. And now they have some of the best broadband service in the world. So I really do mean it when I say that that the TBA providers have completely stepped up to the plate. And sure, we're able to help a little bit with some funding, but, um, you know, they're really the ones who are having to make this long time commitment. And, and we're so appreciative and thankful for that. Well, thank you for those comments, and again, it's, a, it's been a great partnership, and it still hopefully will be for many years. The pandemic has changed so much about the way we live. Uh, how have you seen Tennessee's rural broadband providers respond to the challenge, particularly how they've served their communities since March of 2020? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, we mentioned this a couple of times, but just their reaction to our approaching them and saying, you know, we, we may have some uh, some dollars available from the coronavirus relief fund, but the caveat is that the projects have to be completed very quickly. And and providers didn't hesitate. They said, no, we we are hearing from our uh, customers or future customers um, that this service is needed, that they're working from home or 
um, that they have somebody in the household that needs to be able to, um, you know, uh, uh, go to the doctor without physically going to the doctor and, and uh, things like that. And, and we really want to be able to make service available to them. And, and so they stepped up and, and we were happy to make that funding available and, and serve, you know, several additional Tennesseans um, with that funding. But, you know, in addition to that, we've seen providers, um, you know, putting up hotspot locations. Uh, around the community so that folks can come and, um, you know, sit outside of that hotspot and access it for a certain amount of time. Um, you know, certainly that's maybe not a long-term solution and we want folks to have broadband at home, but uh, in the immediate, uh, you know, when we were in an emergency situation, uh, you can't build broadband overnight. And so it was just another, um, you know, cog in the wheel, another way to try to address the issue uh, and really kind of get creative with their solutions. Um, you know, providers looking at uh, different low-cost service options um, for for households that maybe, uh, you know, can't afford the traditional broadband package. Many broadband providers are looking at ways that they can offer lower-cost service options for those folks so that uh, more folks are able to sign up for service. So it's definitely taking a creative approach, kind of not traditionally what we've done in the past, but um, yeah, I think that the providers, even though, um, you know, March came upon us pretty quickly and we were all looking around wondering what we were going to do, uh, providers really stepped up and, and uh, you know, really made an effort to try to, to address this issue as, as quickly as they could. Great. Well, again, thank you for those comments. And I'd like to th- thank you both for being on our program today. Today, our guests have been Tennessee ECD Sammy Arnold, the Assistant Commissioner of Community and Rural Development, and Crystal Ivey. PCD Broadband Director. You've been listening to Lead Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Thank you for listening.